0: Welcome to The Ozone. Hello and welcome to The Ozone. I'm your host, Jeff Hazard, Assistant Director of Athletics and Sports Information Director here at SUNY Oneonta. And today my guest on the show is 2021 Hall of Fame inductee, Mary Valland, who is joining me uh, remotely on Zoom uh, because of uh, COVID. We're still in the middle of COVID. Uh, So welcome to the show, Mary.
1: Thank you, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing okay, how about yourself?
1: I'm doing well, I'm doing well.
0: I know it took us a little bit to finally get connected, but I'm glad that we finally are gonna have a chance to talk to you and talk about your career and all the highlights as a student athlete here at Oneonta. First of all, before we go any further, on behalf of the Hall of Fame committee and myself, congratulations on this honor i mean it's thank so well you. deserved
1: <laughs> thank you so much i'm excited to be here
0: uh did you um i mean what's it first question what does it feel like to be a hall of famer
1: uh who <laughs> pride um excitement uh also brings you back a trip down memory lane and all the the good that's come from it so i'm i'm excited and i'm happy and thankful for what one brought to my life
0: yeah. Especially
1: well, Tracy Ranieri, got to give her a call out yeah, right now. Yeah,
0: well, we'll definitely talk about Tracy and Dave because that's a big <laughs> part of, I know, your career here and certainly the college. I mean, what she did for the college, you know, besides the soccer program. Um, so uh, I think I want to start maybe uh, back. Uh, you grew up in nearby Stanford.
1: I did, yes. Yeah,
0: and at that time, uh, it seems like we had kind of a pipeline from Stanford. I mean, certainly we had Liz McGrail, we had Brooke Davis, and we had your sister Rose. And then yourself, yep. uh, it was almost like, you know, what an incredible uh, group of athletes and soccer mm-hmm. players that we had the honor of. You know, I mean, I got a chance to watch all four of you play uh, multiple sports, not just, mm-hmm. you know, because of course Liz played soccer and ba- uh, softball and uh, basketball, and your sister, yourself, also track athletes. And Brooke did track for a little bit, I think, for one year uh, while mm-hmm. she was here. Um, so what was it about Stanford? Like, what, what do you think it was about Stanford and that program that maybe allowed you all to succeed at this level?
1: You know, it's amazing that when I think back to the, uh, the school that I went to, uh, that we all went to, I mean, I graduated with, I think, 18 or 19 kids in my high school <sighs> class. And I'm, I'm sure that goes give or take five or 10 students, just like Liz, Brooke, my sister, and everyone else. And I think it's a small town community and the ability to invest, you know, 24 hours a day, eat, sleep and breathe sport. You know, it's, it's what you live by. And I think that created such a culture yeah. that, that helped us succeed more than maybe other communities might.
0: So of course your high school career was, uh, you know, incredible as well. Uh, you know, you had a lot of goals and, and all that, you know, the, all the accolades that went with it. Uh, did you ever think When you transitioned and you finally decided, you know, to go to Oneonta, uh, well, first of all, I mean, was that the place that you really decided that you were going? I mean, were you looking at other places or, you know, what was it about Oneonta that made you decide to come here?
1: Oneonta was not my first choice. I was looking pretty much everywhere out of the state of New York, um, from Florida to Virginia to, you know, East Coast, West Coast, you name it. Um, I just, I am a free spirit and just wanted to experience the world. And Tracy Ranieri, you know, she brought what no other coach was bringing to the table. And I mean, she would show up in person to not just one of my soccer games in high school, several of them, uh, her and Dave would also show up to my basketball games as painful as that had to be for them to watch that. I know (laughs) I wasn't the best basketball player, uh, but they, they showed me that they were going to be more than a coach and be there for me more than just on the field and treating me like just an athlete. They treated me like a family and I could see it before I got there. Um, So really it was the staff that I I didn't get that feeling from any other school, even if it was a full ride that I was offered to play or not. And, and that's what did it for me.
0: Uh, So, So that transition time, did you ever think that you were gonna be able to play at this level?
1: I didn't, Uh, you know, I think because we came from such a small town that it was, you know, it's the big shiny lights and the tryouts and the intimidation from kids from other schools, bigger schools, and I remember every single practice I felt like I was trying out for the Olympics. You know, I was doing diving headers in the middle of the soccer field, just because I just, I wanted to make the team so bad. I didn't realize that not only I would make the team, that I would continue on to keep playing through all four years and onward.
0: Right, Uh, and certainly uh, we're glad you uh, came to Oneonta. Mm -hmm. Your career was incredible. And I got to witness all four years, which uh, were amazing. Uh, Your athletic ability, um, you know, we have, I have photos that I still look at of you and there's like so much air between you and the ground when you're going up for a header and, because you're, you, you know, you weren't that tall to begin with and you were playing up front <laughs> against a lot of taller defenders, mm-hmm. uh, especially when we would play schools like Union and William Smith and, you know, who had those type yep. of athletes as well. Um, how do you think you, what kind of adjustments did you have to make, you know, like you said, coming from a small school now playing at this level
1: it, it was tough I mean the the amount of effort that you have to put in before season during after uh, whether it's the weight room on your personal time it's it's a challenge you know that that a lot of athletes may or may not be able to take on and I knew that I was I had a uh, height deficit you know I was <laughs> not even five two and I think a hundred and 10 pounds soaking wet when I entered. So I, I, I knew that I had some making up to do. If I wasn't gonna beat them with my physicality, I had to beat them with my, my skill and my speed. Right. So it was it was a lot of effort that you have to put in.
0: Right, and that, uh, like you said, the, the skill and the uh, speed were hallmarks of Dave and Tracy's uh, teams uh, yes. during that time. I mean, it, we had, just watching the teams over the years just run up and down the field. And, you know, mm-hmm. it w- I could always hear Dave, get the ball to the wing, get the ball to the wing so that they can yep. serve it across <laughs> to people like you and, you know, Liz and, and uh, after you. I mean, did you, you played with, did you played with uh, Christine Mara? Was she during yes. that? Yes. Yep. You know what I mean? Players like that. I mean, I'm just trying to remember the names now. And some of the players, they were all special. but, um, So, I mean, so you think that that really fit into your, your skill ability to be able to to come in and like you said you could outsmart and outskill uh, other players
1: definitely i mean i think you can get some of the the best athletes and the coaching fit or the style of play might not necessarily fit that specific athlete and i think it was a perfect storm uh i think with the coaching style the formations the way that they motivated and and challenged their athletes it, it fit my personality and my my skill set perfectly yeah. so i think it was a perfect storm right. and and it exacerbated uh the level of athlete that i could have been
0: right um so uh you have the distinction of being the only four-time all-american for the women's soccer program um what kind of how does that make you feel as as you know those kind of accolades i mean were they things that you Thought you were going to attain, or
1: I mean, not year one, maybe not even year two, um, but as I grew, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year, my confidence definitely grew with it. Uh, but I'm I'm very proud to have had those. I think even in life skills, when I when I face something that's challenging or i don't think i could do it or my confidence isn't where it should be and maybe professional life or personal i think back to you know well dang it i was i was a four-time all american i can i can get through a tracy urinary wednesday morning 6 a.m fitness session i can get about get through just about anything right so long story longer no i didn't think i would have been there with those awards in my background but i'm very proud to have them
0: um, so, you know, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, like you said, you know, whenever you're challenged, you know, you, you kind of refer back to your days when you were playing soccer for, you mm-hmm. know, for Tracy. Um, maybe talk a little bit more about how you think your involvement in the women's soccer program here on and off the field uh, helped develop you uh, as as a person and as a young woman, uh, you know, as you began to start thinking about your postgraduate life.
1: Yeah, um, I think the training and the challenges that we were put through, I think even it, uh, when I look back to myself in high school, I think I was very unsure of who I was, where I was going, what I wanted in my future, and I think having the coaching staff that we did that kept challenging us both on and off the field allowed me to really navigate and figure out what I wanted to do in my future. and. You know, no matter what obstacle I hit, whether it was, you know, athletic or personal, Tracy was there and Dave was there or Liz was there to support me right through even my resume and my future career. The one thing I knew I was good at was sports and coming right out of college, I got into collegiate coaching and I know Tracy was the first one to say, absolutely, we're going to do whatever we can to get you into the position you want to be in x y and z and so forth and you know i think what it did is allowed me to persevere through so much i mean going from collegiate coaching and then i went onward to um, playing for sky blue fc as a developmental player which is a women's pro team in '09. 9 it's when the women's uh, professional league came back after it was dissolved during the mia ham era and when I went into Oniana, I didn't even think I was going to make the team as a freshman because I was from such a small town. And I had that same attitude going into the Sky Blue Open tryout. I was like, there's no way. There's no way they're going to give me a shot. I went out as a forward. They pulled me aside and they said, we don't want you coming in as a forward. We want you as an outside defender. Uh-huh. And if I wasn't playing under David Tracy, I probably would have. Gotten scared, cowered, and got off the field. But instead, I thought, "Well, I made it as a freshman, and a sophomore, and a junior, and a senior, and I have the background." I was like, "All right, I got this. If you need me to do it." Plus, it had the same type of structure that or formation that Oniana did. The outside defenders were were the fast ones. They wanted to get up into the attack, just like the O State way, and. I said, you know what, you want me to be Fender? I'll be whatever you need me to be. So I think because of the program, I was able to play um, with players like Christy Rampone or you know, Natasha Kai or Heather O'Reilly, and to be able to say that you know I got to wake up, go to practice with those girls every day, and I don't think if it was for Tracy, I, I could have done it otherwise.
0: Yeah. Um. So let's transition a little bit now into what you've been doing since, uh, since you graduated. You graduated in 2008 with a degree in psychology. Uh, like you mm-hmm. said, you, you spent one year as an assistant soccer coach at Stevens Institute, uh, mm-hmm. and then you played for the Sky Blue FC. And then in 2010, you signed a professional contract with a team over in Sweden, but you mm-hmm. broke your back. Uh, yes. And you obviously had to retire, and, and that was kind of the you know, I guess you'd say, call it a career, probably, you know, a little early than probably what you would like to have done, especially where you had an opportunity to play overseas uh, professionally. Uh, take us through that and how that, you know, kind of, how you recovered from that.
1: Yeah, so so when I was with Sky Blue, it was specifically to be developmental with our team. Um, there was three of us that were, um, participating in that that level. So it was, you know, I was a D3 player. I was the only one in the entire country to even get a tryout with professional league, let alone, you know, move on in the developmental stage. Um, Christy Rampon, her agent, uh, Khaled, he actually, um, you know, she saw a lot in me that was developing at the rate that it needed to. And she said, you know, one of the best things that you could do for yourself is to get overseas and start playing. You need to get the game time. You need to come back, and that way I have a better, you know, athletic and soccer resume to get the contract that I need over in the U.S. And finally, after, you know, um, you know, getting watched, seeing my level of play, I signed with AIK, which is a very, very good club out in Sweden. Uh, it is now arguably the best club. Uh, pro league in the world for women and three days before my flight i was in a soccer game a semi-pro game and i collided with a goalie they did the you know o state you know outside midfielder sent across, cross and i collided with a goalie uh i put my back to her and i broke three vertebrae Oof. uh and it was three days before my flight before my contract was about to start and you know it is cutthroat if you can't if you can't play you can't sign and uh, so that was terminated. I was bedridden and in rehab for for a, all of about six months. But from there, I, I could have felt bad for myself. I could have looked at it like, you know, I, I can't play anymore. That's the one thing that I knew how to do. I was very confident with my athletic ability. And because of who I went to college for, Dave and Tracy, throughout my college career, I was coaching. So I thought, you know, if i can't play i can give back to the sport so that's when one day i woke up and you know i had uh i got some business advice from the ceo of bed bath and beyond who actually owned sky blue and i decided you know what i'm going to start my own company and it's going to be primarily driven by uh female coaches and from there we you know coach club teams, we um, ran our camps, we had some of the pro players from England or Brazil or to the national team come in with my company and make guest appearances. So it was a very exciting several years, but again, I wouldn't have gotten past that obstacle if I hadn't come back to Oneana. And I'm not saying that just because this is an Oneana State Hall of Fame right. you know, interview per se, but it's the truth. It it, it got me through a lot of tough times.
0: Right, and I've noticed uh, in speaking with our other Hall of Famers, which you'll Mm -hmm. get a chance to meet them all in June when we bring you back finally to campus, finally. (laughs) We all get to say hello to each other. It's the same thing, you know, they they attribute all their success to Oniata, the lessons they learned, the coaches they had. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, one of our our oldest gentlemen, who's a Hall of Famer from the class of 1963, uh, played for Garth Stam, who was still here when you were a player, uh, and who would watch all the games, men and women, because he just loved soccer, Mm -hmm. and, you know, him and Tracy would talk all the time. I mean, Garth was a mentor to everyone. Uh, in the yep. game, especially locally. And they all say the same thing. They just, they don't know what they would have done without their Oneonta education. And it didn't have to happen, like you said, in the sport. It was off the field and all the academics uh, help that you got in support. I know that Eileen McClafferty uh, was always around with the women's soccer program and, and she, you know, until her retirement, she still was involved with the soccer program, you know, helping mm-hmm. out the women. So people like that uh, make the campus special. And so, uh, you know, maybe we could just talk a little bit about who are some of the special people on campus that you think, you know, went above and beyond for you uh, that you think, uh, you know, made your experience so incredible.
1: Well, you, of course, (laughs) seeing your kids at the time running around as, you know, spectators that were, you know, cheering us on for every game. Things like that, you know, the the stands, the, you know, the support from the staff when we would have our tailgating after the games, the, you know, the community that got so involved with us, uh, right down to, obviously, I've said it a million times, Dave and Tracy, you know, teaching us work ethic, you know, I got some of my first jobs from Dave Ranieri, whether it was doing things like cleaning houses and baseboards and dusting. Yeah. I take those tools and now I'm able to, I just recently bought a, a reno house and I was able to do a lot of the work myself because of working <laughs> for Dave and the homes that he owns
0: Yeah,
1: uh, to our, uh, my psychology mentor and, um, you know, our track coaches that I was able to go through and captains on teams. I mean, it's on and on i mean right. liz McGraw was my babysitter growing up and then i got <laughs> the chance to play for her wow my senior year so i think just moving into a new transition in my life and it be another family that i got to be a part of i know it was a little long-winded but oh. no, right from great. academics to you know the fans to the yeah. coaching staff everybody
0: yeah um uh, Liz obviously says hello as well, so I'll pass that along. She's still here and she's still doing a great job. And you know, when when I mean, she's clearly as a three-sport athlete is probably in the top five male-female athletes we've ever had. Never mind, you know, just soccer. I was soccer.
1: always trying to beat her and everything. Yeah,
0: well that's <laughs> well and you to did. Catch her. You did. But you did pass her in the soccer. in high
1: school though. I
0: couldn't. Yeah, you did. You're the all-time leading scorer for men and women. So. Uh, I mean, I you know I don't know. Uh, last year, well, two years ago, because we didn't get to play soccer last year. Um, Whitman Hernandez, who played for the men's uh, team, was probably yeah. he's probably the best men's player that I've seen. Uh, I mean, he mm-hmm. was every time he touched the ball, he was electric. You know, sort of like you and Liz. I mean, every. You always waited every time you touch the ball you know what's going to happen what's going to happen you know and yep. and that's exactly how it was uh you know just watching you and, and some of the great ones um and i don't want i don't want to neglect your other sport you were an all-american in another sport so it's not just <laughs> soccer you are also an all-american in track and field uh, as part of a relay foursome uh what was the track and field experience like because we were still a young program i mean we only started in 2003 and here you are you're kind of in that first few years with musu and um you know ashley robertson you know hall of famer who we just inducted a couple years ago and um you know having people like that in that program who were definitely clearly (laughs) incredible track athletes uh for oneonta Mm -hmm. i don't know if i i I don't have that much time left i don't think but i don't think i'll see Anyone as that caliber for track athletes that we 've had, so what was that like working with them because you were a sprinter uh, yeah, so, so what was that like working with them?
1: you know it's I never saw track being something that I would participate in college uh, for all i I only ran one year of track in high school in my senior year because I was actually playing softball prior to that, and Matt um, you know, he sat down with me and, you know, he made me believe that I and knew that I was better than what I thought I was. And I didn't realize that I would have a chance, an opportunity to be on a four by four team with people like Ashley and that were all Americans or other people, folks that got inducted to the Hall of Fame. I never in a million years thought I'd be running side by side with people like that. And, you know, I do have it's a blessing and a curse. I have one regret because. I said in the beginning, I always wanted to travel, and that's why Dave and Tracy are so good. They supported me in my junior year when I went overseas and studied abroad in Australia. But that's also when I, you know, had to pick and choose if I were to continue running track. And, you know, I was All-American, and I only ran two years in college, and that is a regret. I do wish I continued to play because, or excuse me, run. It's not necessarily playing. Um, <laughs> because it was impactful. And to this day, I continued onward to run marathons and qualifying for the Boston three different times. And that's because of people like Coach Matt and and teammates that I had on the sprinting team or uh, just being challenged. And Tracy always said, you know, it's what you're doing when no one else is watching. And that's what track was all about is, you know, it is an individual sport. You You do have to bust your butt when no one else is watching. You do have to put in the work, and, that, and, it, and it paid off a lot, but I do wish that I continued onward. So if anyone is thinking about running track, I would highly, highly advise it, because it, it was very impactful.
0: Yeah, now when you say that you uh, have run some marathons, because I know that your sister Rose has also uh, done some marathons, did you do them together?
1: Yep. Believe it or not, we haven't. We haven't done <laughs> I think Rose is actually getting faster with age and my body is just shutting down. <laughs> it's a win if I'm out there running today. <laughs>
0: wow, uh, because her and I, you know, when I saw her last summer at Tracy's retirement party or whatever, yes. I mean, I, at one time when she was here and when you were here, Tom Benoit and myself were training for marathons and we would run one. Well, we'd run two yes. a year, one in the spring. I mean, you probably saw us during track practice running in the gym doing indoor workouts
1: (laughs) always running yeah that was
0: the day we were trying to do like try to think 18 miles indoors with no indoor track really so it's
1: yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) um and the treadmills god those were brutal workouts but um but i i understand what you're saying because certainly uh you know as you uh i don't do them anymore either Uh, i have not been able to really get to that that pace back again but Uh, Certainly, that's just incredible because usually when you think about sprinters, you don't think distance uh, because of the musculature and what is involved in being a sprinter, fast twitch fibers and, you know, the whole slow twitch with a distance runner. So for you to make that transition, uh, that's even more remarkable because, again, that, that usually you don't see sprinters that would go and run a marathon.
1: <laughs> right, right, I guess when you say it like that. <laughs> yeah,
0: which, so that is just incredible when I'm thinking about that now. Uh, you know, and the same with Rose, because Rose was certainly an outstanding sprinter as well, you know, in, in yes. the events that she did. Although she did kind of some mid-distance stuff for us, right? Mile, half yep. mile? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so she was a little bit longer, um, but not so much we'd say, hey, go run a marathon, but. I always marvel at the, at the athletes that have come through here. You know, you look at them and you'd say, you know what, you probably could run a marathon if you really thought about it. Just because Absolutely. of the athleticism you know, and the way they train. Um, mm-hmm. so, but yeah, so congratulations on all that, too. I mean, qualifying for Boston. Uh, did you actually get to run Boston?
1: Yep. So I did. I ran the New York City, and that's the one that I qualified for Boston in. And then I ran Boston twice. Okay. The, this. So I quali- The third time I qualified for, it, I didn't run the next time because my knees were <laughs> long gone. My body was screaming to stop.
0: <laughs> uh, what kind? What kind of a time did you run? If you don't mind me asking.
1: Uh, my fastest, I believe, was three nineteen. I know it was under three twenty.
0: Ooh, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> and it's. It is. It's just remarkable. Um, So uh, let me see. So we've covered track and soccer. I guess um, I want to talk about or just ask, are there one or two special moments or memories that you have from your time here that maybe stand out, maybe a funny story about a practice or a game or something like that that you might be able to share with us?
1: Oh, my gosh. There is... I mean, I could go through a lot. I don't really know which one to pick. Um, As far as best memories I would say it would be when we went to there was a group of us uh that were selected and we went to Brazil
0: yeah
1: uh with the Ranares and I know Lo, Sonata, Trisha there was a and then there was other athletes throughout the country that were there too that was a lot of fun you know being in a country and playing against people that you have no idea what they're speaking no idea the language who they're talking to or who they're passing to um there was stray dogs everywhere i mean plus you know the hiking we we you know climbed up this massive mountain i know, remember getting to the top and i'm not afraid of many things when it comes to adventure seeking but i got to the top and i remember looking at laura more and or laura wasn't there i remember telling her this because she's deathly afraid of heights and i said I didn't think I could get down. I'm like I, I I was whimper crying. I'm like I can't I can't climb down this mountain. We're far too high. But other than that, you know, we've made a trip to Italy. There are a lot of memories there. And then just the locker room, you know, the the pregame, the after game, the practices. I, I had there's a picture we have. It was downpouring, muddy, and I think it's like Kirsten Clapper, Lindsay. Um, I, Christine Mara might have even been in that, but we're just drenched because we were doing you know, diving headers, slide tackling, just getting filthy, and that's, that's one of my favorite sessions anyways we had.
0: Well, when you, you know, it's funny, you should, I was wondering, uh, Kirsten Clapper, uh, she worked hard to get the ball to you.
1: Like, she definitely did. She could, <laughs>
0: score, she, she could score herself, but you could see that if she, she knew if she got the ball to you, that she'd get an assist.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I mean, her, I know I went, I played or ran track and I was fast, but if she ever was, you know, her and I head to head, she was so, her zero to 60 was unlike anyone else on the team. I mean, she busted her butt, especially, you know, up front and outside to always get the ball. Yeah. So definitely grateful for my teammates. Yeah,
0: another special player. Would it,
1: would it be having this conversation with you if it weren't for them.
0: Yeah, no, you, and, and like you said, the names come back, you know, once you start talking about it, like, you know, Kristen Clapper. Yes, what a player, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so... Um, is there, as we kind of move towards the end of this uh, discussion interview, is there other people along the way that you'd like to thank or, or point to special people uh, in your life, uh, you know, to thank?
1: Of course. I mean, I'm in a group. Oniana as a as a whole, I mean, the the staff, the community, um, without a doubt, the the teachers and the education that got me through everything. Obviously the coaching staff in every sport, it's not just one, I think everyone was um, supportive of all student athletes. Uh, So I'm very grateful for that. Obviously my parents, you know, they, when I was growing up as, as a child and throughout high school, I mean, they would drive me two hours each way to Newburgh, New York for a hour and a half training session, just to drive two hours back. And we would do it twice a week, you know. Yeah. I now, as a parent, looking back at that type of commitment, you know, it's it's hard not to get emotional. That that's that's what they committed to to make sure that I was going to be successful. Yeah. So I I hope I can give that to my children too. Um, and obviously, my sisters, both of them were collegiate athletes, and being the youngest, if they weren't as successful as they were, there's no way I was going to be because I was always chasing them so I could beat them. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and, <laughs> In turn, it made me a better athlete. So, right. but overall, I, I I'm very appreciative of the people in my life to have gotten me to where I'm at.
0: Right. And uh, well, they say you, a lot of times what happens is the younger sibling is usually the better athlete because, like you said, they're always trying to beat the older. <laughs> yeah, the older <laughs> one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's,
1: that's probably why the McGrails had I think eleven or twelve kids in the family because oh, they just
0: incredible. wanted to keep
1: beating each other
0: incredible and every one of them was a great athlete too playing sports that none of us would ever know like you know the Irish curling I guess her father was like this champion curl you know Irish curling player over in Ireland and all that and played in local leagues and stuff and I'm like wow those are sports that you just don't see
1: (laughs) exactly Um,
0: so well listen uh, we've kind of come to the end and I'd just like to have a little Mm -hmm. more fun with you if we could I just got five questions here that You know, I just want you to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind, just some fun fun questions. Okay?
1: I don't know how witty I can be, but I feel like I'm on, like, an Ellen DeGeneres show and you have to, like, hit the button as fast as you can with a word.
0: Yeah, well, it's nice to be compared to someone who's famous that has a talk show. (laughs) Yes. So that's a good You're right up there. Yeah. Uh, So the first question, what's your favorite meal?
1: Oh, gosh, probably a bagel with cream cheese. (laughs) Okay.
0: Uh, what's your favorite movie?
1: I, I don't have one. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, every time I watch a movie, I forget about it, and then I watch it two years later like it's for the first time. So.
0: Oh, my God, you're just like me. <laughs> I, I don't know
1: if I've got a favorite movie. I,
0: I am the same way. I'll watch a movie, and I'll be like, wow, that was a good movie. And then I'm like, but I can't tell you about it.
1: <laughs> you I can't tell you about happened. it. I'll get through watching a, a movie again, three years later and I'll get to the end of it and say I'm pretty sure I watched this one before. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Same thing with TV shows. So if that's a question, I'd probably dodge it.
0: Okay. Um, (laughs) uh, Do you, I mean, are you a fan of like any of the Marvel movies or Star Wars or anything? I mean, do you follow any of those? Okay.
1: No, I do like action movies. I do like actions. Okay. And then obviously a good romancer.
0: Okay. Uh, What's your favorite uh, genre of music?
1: I'll listen to anything, but right now I've picked back up into my roots of country.
0: Ah, country I, music. I steered
1: away from it for a little while, but I'll either I'll be a go-to with pop or I'll follow country.
0: Okay, and uh, who do you like in the country world? Uh, Luke Bryan. Luke Bryan. Yeah,
1: we're going to a um, Morgan Wallen uh, concert this this upcoming summer. So.
0: Okay. Ever hear of the Mavericks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just saw them in concert in October.
1: Oh, really? How we, was it?
0: Oh my god, it was incredible. Like, there's just so much fun. I not even know
1: what a concert is like these days. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I know, because we haven't been able to go to one. It was right. actually one that was postponed for like 18 months. Uh, but they're a lot of fun. They're a fun group. So if you ever have a chance to you know, dabble a little bit in the Mavericks, they're pretty. Yeah, fun. yep. Um, who's your favorite athlete all time?
1: I mean, as far as inspiring, I mean, how can you go wrong with Michael Jordan? And then obviously, Mia Ham. Yeah. I've read just about every article, book, you know, that's been out there about her and Anson Dorrance, you know, yeah. his career as a coach.
0: Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, last question Place you would most like to visit? Of course, you're a world traveler. You've been to Italy and Brazil. I mean, is there another yep. place you would like to travel to?
1: I've always wanted to go to Africa. Wow. I've always wanted, yep, see the Victoria Falls or Victorian Falls, but you know, things are a lot different with level of safety and where we're at right now. But yeah. I have always wanted to go to um, Africa.
0: Awesome! Wow. Well, that kind of uh, does it for me. And you know, once again, I want to thank you for coming on today. It's great to be able to reconnect with you and, and connect with you and 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 see that you're uh, doing great. Uh, You have, you know, you married a wife and two children, Uh, and like you said, they're young and you're going to hopefully do what you can to, uh, maybe they'll be All-Americans, who knows?
1: No pressure. (laughs) Yeah, no pressure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, see, that's the thing. Now, will you you tell them about your life as an athlete and how good you were? I mean, will they, is that something you think?
1: I'll I'll probably be a little bit humble, but if they start to get a little bit, too confident. I might throw it in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you think you're good? Let's yeah.
0: go. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, well, listen, Mary. Uh, congratulations again. It's such a well-deserved honor. Uh, again, a player that I got to witness play and and be as great as you were uh, and have been for the college. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, people speak and still remember you uh, as if it was yesterday. <laughs> So I want to uh, continue, you know, best of luck. Uh, hopefully, again, we're going to see you in June. Yep. Uh, where we'll have a special reception. We'll unveil your plaques and uh, have a chance to really congratulate you in person for your accomplishments.
1: I really appreciate it. And thanks so much for having me today. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's such an honor. And obviously June can't come quick enough just yeah. to see everyone in person and be back to the old stomping grounds. Yeah,
0: the old stomping grounds. Well, listen, you take care and all the best to your family and and your two children.
1: Thank you so much. Take care. Good seeing you.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, we'd like to thank you once again for joining us on the Ozone. Uh, We have uh, finished celebrating all of our Hall of Fame inductees for 2021. And uh, as you know, you can always download the videos from our YouTube channel and also download the audio podcast to your smart devices. And uh, again, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Ozone.